Welcome, all you business geeks, to the Business Geeks Podcast, an entrepreneurial show where three friends geek out loud and proud about everybody's business. I'm Super Joe Pardo of superjoepardo.com and independentpodcastconference.com. I'm joined by my two wonderful co-hosts, Jennifer Crawford of the... Uh, sorry, the co-founder of Sparent.co and Samantha Riley of SamanthaRiley.global. This week, we are discussing stealing IP or st- uh, sharing ideas. Uh, the How much money do you need to be happy people friending you on Facebook and then pretty much ghosting you? And then Outsource School is apparently taking our lunch money this week. All right. So this week is Sam's episode. So she leads the charge with all of the topics that we will be leading with this week. Did you have fun putting together, Sam? I did have so much fun putting this together. I entrepreneurded out. I really did. It was lots of fun. I love it. Yeah, I'm loving this new format. It's so cool. You find all the things you can find hiding in the interwebs. It's very cool. Speaking of the interwebs, before we really get started, uh, right before the show (laughs) we kicked off, we were talking about the first time that our like our first experiences with the internet. And Sam, do you want to divulge? I did because I was saying I was trying to find the video that we were going to talk about today, and I said I felt like that very first day that I saw the internet. And and you both were like, oh, I don't know if I can remember it, but I can remember it so distinctly because my mother-in-law was a lawyer and she had it before everyone. She was like, Sam, do you want to come over and try it? I said, yeah, yeah, this is so cool. And I remember going in and I, you know, pulled the office chair back and I sat down and I went, now what? Like, what, what do I type in? Like, I don't know how to do this thing. And it's just, that's exactly how I felt yesterday when I was heading into YouTube. <laughs> such a funny, such a funny memory. <laughs> Can you guys remember the first time that you tried the internet or your first? I remember that time where I was just trying to wrap my head around what the internet exactly was. It seemed so mysterious. And I I didn't have the the capability to really wrap my head around the possibilities. But when I started to kind of see, I remember just, I remember being awed by it. Like I knew that this was going to be big and it was going to mm. change our world. Like just making it by virtue of just making it so much smaller. Like I remember the first, like the, um, like how you could chat with people and get in chat rooms from like all different places and meet people. and. Who can ever forget that beautiful dial-up sound, that AOL ah. dial-up sound? <laughs> um, I, I learned a lot of, that I had patience. I didn't know I had, you know, waiting, you know, because we, you know, we all have, or most people have high-speed internet now, and there's no waiting for that connection to happen. But, oh, my gosh, we were so desperate for that internet that we would wait an ungodly amount of time just to be connected to it. Oh, and then someone, then a friend would ring us and disconnect us. Oh yeah, there were there were um, problems. It was, was not, not easy. easy. You about the sound? Yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> it's uh, such a such a iconic sound, yet uh, annoying, and yet most people had no idea what was actually doing. So I. 
though i do i am curious is was that sound really like i guess was it necessary like i guess because it was coming through the modems like speaker was it actually necessary to have to have that sound make a sound oh absolutely, absolutely. it meant whoa, whoa joe, joe. <laughs> what, what, what what is that too much would i get too too deep I into can it hear me oh there we go i think when oh, you're sorry. sharing the screen we can hear us lots oh um, that's right it's right i was gonna say it's it was necessary so the kids knew don't go near mum or she'll crack it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my I don't I, I don't know. I struggle to remember the first time. What year are you thinking that it was for you both of so you? So that would have been ninety, ninety, ninety one, ninety two, ninety one. Oh, I think for me it was a little bit later, maybe around ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, I'm thinking that mine. Was the nineties were a blur. I'm not sure where I where I was. <laughs> the internet. I may have gotten I may have gotten sucked into the internet and been lost for a while. <laughs> Is that what they call the dark net? I don't know. <laughs> oh, Jen, you make me laugh so much. <laughs> no, I, I don't remember literally the first time. Uh except I do remember I think before I ever got to go on the internet, it was I remember my dad like with one of his friends or something they were like up in his room and then they were running downstairs and like freaking out about how they were talking to people in a chat room or something i vaguely remember that but i don't remember i don't know what the year would have been it probably was like 94 95 because it probably they were probably probably running at least windows 95 at that point i don't think he would have been running yeah that sounds about right actually yeah yeah um, so I, I remember creating our first website and Microsoft front page. Can you remember that? Yeah, like now, now we're so really that. going down <laughs> the rabbit hole of. <laughs> well, we'll see. When, when did Windows ninety five actually launch? Night. Okay, so it was August twenty fourth, nineteen ninety five. So it probably was in that. Maybe not ninety four. Maybe in the the ninety ninety five ninety six realm. And then shortly after that, I was able to get access to the inter- <laughs> internet. Well, I tell you what. I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I'm glad to have lived a portion of my life before the internet. I think mm-hmm. it toughened us up. Absolutely. And I mean, no GPS. You know, you had to use a paper map. There was mm-hmm. no cell phone. If you got stranded on the side of the road, well, you just had to hope that a serial killer didn't come by because you're going to be there for a while <laughs> until somebody figured out you were missing and came wandering around the world for you. Um, you know, it was it was quite hard, much harder. Life was much harder then. <laughs> oh, harder and easier because at the same time, you know, when we had a friend that was being a bit nasty to us, it happened in front of your face in school hours. It didn't happen all day, every day, you know, like some, like teenagers have got some hard things to do with, with bullying, cyberbullying. So I think that in other ways, man, we were tough, weren't we? We We lived through the eighties and the nineties. We were so tough. (laughs) But well, yeah, but now you have to deal with it 24 seven. There's, there's almost no getting from it. Oh, oh, that's exactly what I was saying. I said in some ways it was easier for us. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Well, now we're two kinds of tough. We're pre-internet tough and we're internet tough. <laughs> <laughs> we're tough square. Come at me, bro. Oh, yeah. Come yeah, at right. me, bro. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, 
Well, well, well. So, uh, getting back, speaking of the internet, going to a blog, a straight up Absolutely. blog. Absolutely. No, okay. I, I don't know about you guys, but I love Seth Godin. I get his daily email. I just think he's one of the smartest guys around on sharing ideas. And into my inbox this week was a, a little blog of his where he was talking about stealing ideas or share or stolen ideas or sharing ideas. And I really, really loved his take on this because there's so many people in the online space that will say, oh, so-and-so stole my idea. And I've always been a little bit weirded out about that thought. What are your, like, what's your initial take on, on stealing ideas? I mean, I get why people worry about it, but to me, it's like an idea is really the most worthless thing, really. I mean, until you do something with it, it really doesn't have a lot of value. Um, and I think if if you don't share it at some point, it you know, you're, the chance of it becoming a reality is that much more slim because it just becomes your dirty little secret. Mm. Um, I mean, in order to execute, you have to make people aware of it. Um and, and really the reality is, is that most people don't execute. Coming up with mm -hmm. the ideas is the easy part. Even if it's a brilliant idea, it's so much easier than making that brilliant idea into something tangible. Mm. So, um, you know, you can be strategic about sharing your ideas. You don't have to, you know, write out the secret formula or give people a secret recipe. Um, but, and you can, you know, there are certainly documents you can like NDAs that you can use to protect yourself. Personally, I don't worry about NDAs as a whole because I, I really think it's so such a slim chance that somebody's going to take your idea and do something with it. Mm, totally. Yeah. So I, I'm a big proponent of stealing ideas. <laughs> And here, oh, and here, and Joe, I'm going to love this. I know. Uh. I, well, and I and I said that. So I said this during. I did a talk like I don't know a month ago or something at Tim Gillette's event, and it was all about becoming like the best host that you could possibly be for your show, for your you know, your podcast or your event. And the whole like one of the things was like limiting your outside inputs, right? Like watching less TV, watching less, especially things that are, are related to you. Mm -hmm. But watching, but steal ideas from things that aren't related to you, right? Because mm. you're basically taking an idea that's not in your realm, right? In the box in which you uh, you operate and then bringing it in there, kind of modifying it a little bit and then inserting it. So it's like, oh, wow, look how original this is. Like, this is so crazy. And it's like, yeah, but if you watched the, all these YouTubers over here, if you watched all these TV shows over here, if you watched those movies back there, you read those books over there in a whole different niche, in a whole different industry, in a whole different world, all of a sudden it doesn't seem that original anymore. So I'm a big proponent of that idea of like, borrowing reshaping retooling and bringing those ideas to your industry because just because they've existed doesn't mean that your people your tribe your industry has seen them before 100 percent. and i'm in the same boat as you joe there isn't an original idea out there i don't believe and that the way that we create our thought leadership is to bring all of these ideas together and create a unique take on them or our own, you know, unique view of what's happening and then, you know, our thought leadership comes into it. But they're not stolen ideas. Like you can't steal someone else's idea because you're putting your own take on it. That That's my thought on it. And pretty much it's what Seth was saying is that, you know, if you don't share your idea, you, it can't be viral. 
And yeah. I thought that was really cool. So like looking at Apple, right, like is a great example of like nothing that they've really done has been original. There was music players before the iPod. They mm. just took a bunch of different technologies and was like, oh, if we package it like this at this price, bam, you know, and a lot of it's software and software, but even software, like look at Android versus iPhone, right? Like they, they rip ideas back and forth from each other all of the time. I mean, most of iOS 14 looks like it's ripped off of Android ideas from literally five years ago. It's it's kind of crazy. Is it you know are they as well implemented as Apple's going to do it? Probably not. But but they had it. It was there. Mm. It existed. Mm. <laughs> you know. So yeah, I uh, you're right. There's very few original ideas. Most of them are just evolutionary. Over you know they're not revolutionary. They're evolutionary on iterary on top of other ideas that have already existed. Mm. I think the only one thing that I would put in there that I don't believe was in that article is that when you do share someone else's idea, I still think it's really cool to give someone attribution for that. Absolutely. So, you know, that's the only bit. So rather than copy it and take it off as your own, it's sharing someone else's idea and saying, I originally learned this from, or I originally came across this idea from, because I think that curating other people's ideas is okay. But, you know, giving attribution is is a nice thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, and it is. It's something I do all the time. You, you know, you see me like, oh, like, where did the face, the facial expressions come from on the videos? Hey, go check out PewDiePie. Go check out these other, you know, all these other people in these other industries. I have no problem with showing it. It's just what I watch. So it's a piece mm. of, you know, because if I try to just pretend like it's not, somebody's going to figure it out and somebody's going to be like, oh, he's a big fat phony. There's that big fat phony over there. Like, yeah. and it's like, no, 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 that's not, that's not what's happening here. Well, so that's a really good way of putting it in that by you giving attribution, it means that you're authentic and no one can call you out on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, nice. You're up front. Thanks. Ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a really good blog. It's stolen ideas versus shared ideas. Really liked it. I did too. I think it's a really yeah. healthy way to, to look at it, particularly when, I mean, you've all known business people that have like, you know, they won't share their anything about their business with you until you sign an NDA. And you're like, dude, I'm not going to steal your idea. I'm not going to do anything with it. I don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, let's just talk. <laughs> but they're so protective exactly. of, you know, of everything. Like they hold it so tight. So... I think those people are still going to have a hard time letting go maybe of sharing, but I, I think it's an excellent way to look at it. Well, Absolutely. wait, there is, there is an example I could think of. I don't want to name names, but there's an example I can think of, of somebody that I knew who had their service, you know, they offered the service line of services and one of their clients basically did all this, you know, took all the services and then was like, oh, I'm just going to do this myself now. And they went and did mm. it. And then became their competitor, <laughs> became their, their competitor in the process. But there's a lot to be said for the fact that, like, as you said, Jen, you got to have time to do that. So you're committing time that you're not going to commit to something else, something else that may be better f- suited for you to go and pursue that in the first place. So, you mm. know, the percentage of people that have that kind of level of time are still pretty low. Totally. Totally. So I think I think the stolen ideas are more around not giving attribution and people taking those ideas off as their ideas. I guess that's my take on that. Yeah. Yeah. 
So cool. Yeah. So, oh, so speaking talking of cool, about cool. <laughs> speaking of cool, what's your one cool one thing? One cool there? thing. Have you guys seen the website answerthepublic.com? Now I actually knew no. this from a while ago. So Jen, you have, haven't you? Well, that face that I just had was just my excitement because I used it today and I was like, oh my gosh, I am so glad that Sam brought this to my attention. I'm going to use this. It's very practical. So I knew about this a few years ago and then I forgot about it for a few years and rediscovered it last week and went, why did I forget about this site? This is so cool. So answerthepublic.com, you can go there to get this whole gold mine of content ideas it's great for coming up with ideas to blog or you know to write any sort of content about it's really cool to do research for products but you just put it says use one to two words to make it nice and clean but you know you can put in something like um, thought leadership and it will come up with a hundred and something different ways to ask questions it brings up a visual mind map. It brings up a, a list. It brings up ideas from A to Z. It's just so cool. And it, although you can get caught down um, uh, down the rabbit hole of yes. uh, arts of the public, <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. I love this chart, and they, you know, it's so smartly, you know, delineated into like uh, which and how and why questions. So yeah, I did that. I did a. Um, I did it for virtual assistant and I did, I got great ideas for blog posts and things just from doing that. It just took a second, literally. And I was like, wow. Oh wow, this is amazing. I could map out content for, for months with this. Oh, I, love, I, love I think that. you, it would be like forever. You could almost do content forever off that. There's so yeah. much there. And so it's free. I, I mean, let's... there's a free level. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, pay yeah. for it. That's crazy. Yeah. So if you click on, okay. So like how does how do you get deeper in it? I guess you just start like typing two different words that are related to what you're looking up. Yeah. Okay. Le- leadership examples. Okay. Cool. So then you. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. Wow. Yeah. No, I'm I'm definitely going to use using this. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it so, is cool. so good. Mary so Sue's who, with us. And she says the dude is super annoying, though. Oh, totally. He's just super weird. <laughs> is it this, this guy? Yeah. This guy's yeah. Nice. I'm not sure why yeah, he's this there. guy. I'm not sure why he's there. <laughs> But he's got a <laughs> like he's like looking right at me. It's so creepy. It is a bit creepy. So just get your words in there ASAP so you don't need to see him anymore. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure he is. I'm sure. He's very, very handsome. Very handsome. <laughs> but That's yeah, awesome. great, great find for that one. That one yeah. cool thing. That is that is that's cool. So one uh, answerthepublic.com. So uh, the video you picked for this week involves Mm. money and whether or not you need a lot of it or a little bit of it or how much you need of it to be happy. So you want to elaborate on that? Look, it's the title that kind of got me. It says, how much money do you need to earn to be happy? And it got me intrigued because normally we say, you know, does money buy happiness? This was actually saying, well, how much money do you need to earn to be happy? And I think that it's a really good separation from does money buy happiness? And this is a, um, a stance that I've always taken. It's pretty hard to be happy if you don't have a roof over your head or to be unable to, to buy food or, you know, just to look after the essentials. So this is actually talking about the amount that they have found to be that number. Did you... 
I've heard I, of it. I've heard that before. The the number yeah. seventy thousand dollars a year. I was super surprised it was that low. You also live in Sydney. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. we're still not talking said, hundreds of thousands, right? I honestly thought it would be a lot more than seventy thousand. Well, it's not that it can't. I mean, we all live, the three of us live in very expensive areas, right? DC, Sydney, and I mean, I probably live in the cheapest of the three areas, but even then it's still very expensive comparative to central, you know, America, like the middle, middle America and stuff like that. So I don't know, $70,000, you know, isn't going a whole long way around uh, here, let alone where you, either of you live. Hmm. Yeah, but for most of the world, it will go. It will be stretched. I think we're we're probably a you know a small percentage of the global population. So there's probably some averaging going on, so they could come up with a number. Oh, and they, and yeah, they did mention that. Yeah, but um, yeah, I've heard this study before, but I I still think it's so fascinating. And there was something that in there um, to sort of explain this phenomenon of why. After a certain amount of money, the $70,000, our, our happiness is we don't get more happy the more money we make. And it's uh, something called hedonic adaptation, which I'd never heard of. <clears throat> so I'm always like, I'm always ready to learn a new word. So I love this. <laughs> but it, it's this theory that people are really good. We, all of us are really good at, at getting used to change and particularly good changes. So even as our salaries increase and that sort of thing, we'll enjoy it for a little while, but then we sort of just kind of get used to it and it feels like the norm again until that next bump up. So, and that next bump up is is a little bit smaller of a bump up in terms of feeling happier about it because we're just sort of adapting along the way, which is kind of interesting. I think it makes us very resilient in a lot of ways, the way we adapt. But in this case, as it relates to happiness, it's very interesting. Well, just uh, going off or going on from that, Jen, they were talking about someone that, you know, had that $150,000, $200,000 salary and they'd seen that previously as successful. And then what happened is exactly that. He kept updating lifestyle, updating lifestyle, and then all of a sudden he wasn't happy in his job before and then he felt trapped because he had to stay in that job to be able to continue to pay his bills. So I just the way that that was unpacked, I went, yeah, okay, that totally makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally. I mean, I've lived it. <laughs> I know I know for a fact yeah. that that's the case. When you know, they say the more case. money, more problems. It, right? it is. It Ding, ding, it is. It absolutely <laughs> is. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, the $70,000 makes a lot of sense as long as you keep all of your other bills in check because $70,000 a year, it can really quickly become nothing, right? If you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I get, mm-hmm. you know, and then you start like, oh, my credit cards can go up to this. And then, you know, you're, you're looking at three, four, five, ten 10 years to pay off these, you know, these debts that you've mounted up because of $70,000, which truth be told, $70,000 isn't like some earth shattering number at this point in the game, right? In, in the game of life. So, you know, I... I think that uh, I, I think it's I think it's it's one of the reasons why like they need to do more with teaching of like numbers and that kind of stuff in the schooling systems uh, to teach kids like how much this actually could like oh cool you're gonna go to college and like oh it's gonna be one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars a semester like you know a year 
you know how long it's going to take you to pay back? Like, do you, under, do you understand? I only just found like, out yesterday down the YouTube rabbit hole that I was in how much you guys pay for university over there. I was astounded. It is ridiculous. It's, it's criminal like, is what it is. It is. It, it is. really it's is. I thought it, is. it was expensive in Australia. I thought it was criminal here and we got nothing on you. I was like, how do these kids do it? Do you well, guys pay your uni debts for like forever? Uh, oh, you call them student loans, do. don't you? A lot, of, a lot of people do. I didn't have any student le- loan debt. I, I mean, I dropped out of college to start my own business because I figured it out. I was like, I am not. It makes no sense for me to walk out of that veterinary school with all this debt when I only, I'm only going to be make a small portion of that. It's going to take me forever to pay this off. It made no sense to me. The math mm. did not work out. So I ended up uh, working with animals in a different way by starting my own pet sitting company. That's, that was my workaround, but yeah. And even back then, that was a while ago, college was a lot cheaper than it is now. I mean, it's 10 times as expensive. Oh, it's incredible. That, that's why, like, talking with my, my boy, Mike, he's like, you know, these boomers, man, they're like, oh, I went to college. I, you know, I had two jobs. I, you know, pumped gas and worked as a busboy, and I worked my way through college, and I got out. I didn't have any debt, and I bought a house for $30,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's right. like, yeah, yeah, okay, like, if you had to do it in today's society, you ain't even, you're not even going to scratch that debt. Like, you're barely yeah. going to be able to eat on that p- pumping the gas and just busting tables thing. No, and that's yeah. only because you're probably eating half the food that, that's like leftover from the people you're busting the tables from. I worked so. three jobs in college. It was not enough to pay for college, I assure you. Wow. I was lucky if I could cover my books, you know. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah it's a, it's, a, yeah. it's atrocious. Mm-hmm. No wonder Garrett. Now I understand why Gary V bangs on about it so much. Now I've seen the numbers. Yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't make sense for everybody. It, re- it really no. doesn't. And it doesn't make no. sense that they would drill it in like, oh, if you don't go to school, you must be a loser. Like. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> not everybody. Loser here. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the thing you, I, oh, go ahead, Joe. Well, I was just going to say, like, but even so, like, even though it's inflated so much over in the last, like, 20-plus years, right, the college thing, it's still potentially a really good deal if you know what you're going for and you're on that. I mean, a small percentage of people are going to do that and know what path they're really on when they're doing it. But the thing is, like, okay, so even if you spend – $200,000, it's not that bad, right? Like, it's really not. When you take it over the fact that, like, okay, I'm going to work for, so at least I'm 55 or probably 65, maybe even 70 or 75 in that career to pay it down, assuming that everything is going to work out well, $200,000 is nothing. And that's probably why they can justify, like, just racking up the dollar total and how much it costs to get it. Oh my gosh, I think 200000 is way too much. Well, particularly because well, a lot of people don't dependent. stay in the same career. Like That was exactly well, that what I was about to too. say because the average now for someone to be in a career is 10 years. So if someone pays $200,000 to go to university, they need to have that return within 10 years before they're generally going back to study to change careers. That makes a big difference. Yeah. It's tough. Oh, yeah. In the meantime, it, it, there's it interest on top of that, even if it's relatively low interest because it's a student loan, there's still interest. A lot of people delay their student loans. I don't know. I just think there are, there little, are other ways. There's no pensions. There's no pensions in most of those jobs, right? So it's not like, oh, I went to work for the Ford Motor Company. Like, hooray! I worked there for 30 years, got my pension, and my, you know, my third, even if it was a $150,000 investment to be able to get into that, jump into that job is, 
okay, I'm taking care of for the rest of, like, I'm pretty much taking care of for the rest of my life. Like, well, that's not a thing anymore. So no, it's completely different. You're right. Now. You're, you're right. That, it is a good off. That's an offset of like, whether or not it's a good idea to invest that kind of money. Yeah. I think mm. the real scary thing is that there are two things that have, well, three things that have really skyrocketed uh, in price uh, over the, you know, past few decades. And that's been education, housing, and healthcare. However, our salaries, your average salary has not increased nearly to the degree that those three things have. And those are the three things that will that will bankrupt you, right? Uh, you know, not having health insurance, um, you know, not being able to afford your, your college loans <laughs> um, because your salary is so poor, you know, poor in comparison to what you, your debt and your housing. You know, uh, Joe, you made the point earlier that your friend, you know, hey, I used to be able to used to be able to graduate college and get your first house. Well, now you graduate college and you move in with your parents until you can get a job and save up some money. I mean, the world has changed economically in such a short period of time. And I'm surprised we don't talk more about it. Like it does, it seems like we've all just sort of accepted it as the way it is. But I think some real, you know, corporate greed and who knows? I mean, I'm not an economics expert, but I know that something went awry along the way. And it shouldn't be that way. And we're talking about happiness. It's so much harder to be happy when you have to struggle mm-hmm. for an extended amount of time just for your, the basics. Just, you know, to, just live. to yeah. live. Yeah. Yeah. So let, me just bring, let me just bring the show down. Okay. If, if you were happy, now you're not because I'm depressing you with, with my observations. <laughs> sorry. But, do, but I mean, did you guys get, I mean, Joe, do you relate to that? I, I don't know about how it is in, at Sydney, but in the U.S., I mean, that is exactly what's happened over the years. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. It is not taken into a consideration that, like my, you know, my generation, like, hey, when we came out of college, eight two thousand eight, oh, the world is pretty much on, everything's on hold, and everything's going into the toilet. So, congratulations, you got your your eighty thousand, hundred fifty thousand uh, dollar education. Um, there's no job for you because people screwed us, <laughs> you know? So, oh, well, like, hooray. And then we crawl our way out of that and, and into the 2012 mini recession and it back, it just, we've hit more in the last 20 years. I mean, from 2001, even before me graduating in 04, like, you know, it's, it, the world is just a, such a different place in, in such a short, short period of time that I could totally mm-hmm. understand why people, you know, kind of don't want to talk about it too much or or bring it up and just be like, oh, well, back in, you know, when I was 25 years old and, four, you know, thir- 25 years old and 30 years old and like, okay, cool. But things are a little bit different now and they move at a much faster pace too. You know, mm. we're all trying to stay up on top of how fast life is moving. Um, and in some ways, like uh, I would say like, oh, well, you know, people that complain like, oh, this doesn't work or blah, blah, blah. Like, why, you know, my, my phone isn't, my phone isn't connected to the thing. Like, okay. Yeah. But you know how much time has been saved from that? Like from that thing working when mm-hmm. it does work? <laughs> like it's okay. Completely it's different world, right? So it's just, yeah. it's just a, it is completely different. I don't know. I, but I am thankful that as you, you both were saying that you were thankful to, to grow up in the time before the internet. Uh, I'm, I mean, I've mostly lived in the time of the internet with the exception of like the first 10 years ish of my life uh, you know i'm 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 grateful I, I got the internet and i'm great grateful that i was had the opportunity to be on a such an early age um that you know at the early age of both the internet for the pub for the you know for the general public and early age of myself 
Hmm. I'm so glad that you are grateful, Joe, because if we refer back to the video, they also talk about ways Mm. that we can enhance our happiness and being grateful, you know, having gratitude for what we do have was one of those components of maintaining a happy state, as well as um, experiences over possessions, which I totally get that. I Mm. totally, I totally agree with that. So we're getting, we get a lot more of happiness and fulfillment from experiences. So travel or doing an activity much more than buying a TV or a car. That's just across the board. I don't care who you are. Like you're going to get more happiness out of those experiences that I know that's true for me. I don't know. hundred mm, percent. That's why yeah. I travel so much yeah. for, for that. You know, you get to meet new people, but there was three things to happiness that they talked about just after that, Joe. And it was a gen, uh, personal growth. <laughs> So the sun's up now. <laughs> Personal growth, <laughs> connection, um, and contribution to community. And I think that if you tie in the money with those three things, that's where the happiness comes from. So you know, if I'm thinking about connection, it's that I get to travel the world and and hang out with people that I wouldn't have been able to do, you know, many years ago. I mean, Ava is reading Wombat Stew. Yeah. Probably <laughs> probably a little American lovely girl would not have known what Wombat Stew was 20 years ago. <laughs> Most would probably not. <laughs> no, exactly. So so being able to use our money to, you know, on personal growth, connection and contribution to our community is where, where the key is. Uh, absolutely. I don't know. Absolutely. Do you guys have a number, an income number that would that guarantees your happiness? Is it 75? Do you think it's higher? Uh, mine is definitely a bit higher than that. Definitely for me, it's a bit higher. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I, would, I would say probably between 130 to 150. Yeah, you know, just because the, at so that pay, point, you know, at that point, it just, you know that you can pay the bills. You don't need to stay awake at night yeah. thinking, can I pay that? Can I pay that? So I've been there too. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. not fun. Yep, not so fun. am I, and it is not yeah. fun at all. <laughs> it is not fun not being able to afford groceries. Thank goodness those days are behind. Yes, thank goodness. Ding, mm-hmm. ding. <laughs> yes, grateful, grateful, grateful. <laughs> so uh, grind my gears, uh, uh, Sam. What's your uh, – I almost called you, Jen. <laughs> no, it's me. It's me. I know I don't do this often, but grr, I just like really embraced being Jen for a moment and I just got so wound up. So many people have been reaching out to me on Facebook recently. I have no idea who they are. Okay. That doesn't bother me. I'm okay to be friends with people. I'm a very friendly person. What? But when I send them a message and say, thanks for connecting, I'd love to know more about you, what inspired you to connect, radio silence. Like, why did you ask to be my friend? Like, what what is that all about? Does this happen to you guys? It gets me so grumpy. (laughs) I have got, well, maybe I'm less friendly because I have, I don't know, lately I've been much more selective in who I friend I used to like accept any sort of friend if, as long as they were, you know, had a, a profile pic, they weren't some weird guy and they were like, we had mutual friends. I didn't ask a lot of questions, but lately I have been more picky because I've had too many experiences where I've 
accepted a friendship and then I get a DM, not like, not like yours, Sam, but just immediately trying to sell me something or, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it, it gets exhausting. And honestly, I'm just, I'm at that friend level where I, my news feed is just, it's got enough. I belong to enough groups. I've liked enough pages. I just, I don't want to, to bring in more people's stuff that I don't, I barely know. So I've gotten a little less, but I guess I would be annoyed, Sam, if, if I messaged somebody and they didn't message me back. Oh, I got Do even better. I'm going to, I swear to goodness, I'm going to start doing that. I got one even better this week and it was probably the one that annoyed me more, more than ghosting me, automatically added me to their Facebook group. Oh, see, that's what no, I'm afraid. Don't I don't do you can still don't do, do that? Do I thought you could only invite. <sighs> Like, cause you used to be able to auto, like automatically, you know what, like, maybe people. it was invite. Like, all I saw was just this straight Facebook thing coming up and I'm like, no, I don't know you. And I don't want to be in your Facebook group. No, I don't want to be in another <laughs> Facebook group. It's too much. <laughs> grumpy Sam. Grumpy, grumpy Sam. <laughs> if I message you, you better message me back. <laughs> well, and they should. They should. Look, it, um, I, you know, I've gotten to the point where I, a lot of times I don't, I'm just not hitting the accept unless they've already messaged me. Like if you, if you don't send me a message and you're just hitting the friend thing and I haven't had some kind of interaction with you, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not hitting it. And I'll tell you another thing that I'm not hitting anymore is the accepting friend requests from people that I'm already friends with. Like I know that I'm friends with these people because they're ah. I know they're real people, and then yeah. I, I get these other requests, and I'm like, okay, that's I see a, other people have already accepted, yeah. right? Mm. Is it did did somebody create their account again? I don't know. Yeah, like they haven't that, messaged me, that's so I'm just happening. like, you know what? I'm just just ignoring it, and you know what? My follow count goes up, <laughs> and I'm like, ah, you know, everything everything gets a you know. Everything finds why, a way. Why do they do that though? Why do they create a profile with someone else's face? Like, what's the actual like? I don't I don't know what the end of it. I don't get it. I haven't figured it out, but I think they're trying to like get information or spam you with like something mm-hmm. you don't want. I don't know. I don't know what the end game is and if and how it actually works. But I've I've had that happen too, where people I'm friends with try to friend me, and I'm like, oh, it's a duplicate account, spam. Mm. Yeah, um, I don't know why they do that. It's got to be because they're trying to scam you out of something. Like, hey, I'm I'm stuck. Yeah. Like, uh, like when like when people would get their Facebook profiles jacked, like with their passwords, and they'd be like, oh, d- you know, Joe, I'm I'm stuck in so such and such in some hoodlums in in the UK, and and they they robbed me and they took my wallet and all this stuff. And can you wire me money through, you know, to this account? And I'm just like. Ah. Okay, let me pick up. I know. I actually know this person. Let me pick up my phone and call them and say, "You need to change your damn password, please. Yeah. Change your password." <laughs> but but it's so weird that they don't just change their password. Like they've already got logged into your profile, so like they know your email address. They know at least that password. I'm surprised they don't just. Why not just change the password and call it a day, and then you wouldn't have access to your guy. In fact, somebody, somebody I know, they're got their Facebook page hijacked. They um yeah they wrote oh crud who uh Olga Olga Nesterova. Well, you know Facebook offers two-factor authentication, and I recommend that you take them up on that. 
I would agree. I would agree. See, like she said, hey, guys, kindly unfollow my page. It has been stolen from me. Someone hacked it and removed me from being an admin. Although it's verified with a blue tag, Facebook refuses to help me and delete it. It's extremely unfortunate. Uh, if someone knows anyone who works for Facebook, please let me know. Thank you. Friends, please stop following this page. Wow. Yeah, can you imagine so if you're like, that person that knows somebody at Facebook that can actually do something? I mean, you must have to hide in like a bunker. Like, uh, you know, because you would be pestered all the time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I do. I know the person who knows somebody at Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> he's now living four miles underground because he's yes. got to avoid all, everybody's requests. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. It's, yeah, it's be there you super go. frustrating. So I'm, I'm concerned. Like, I mean, I had two-factor authentication. Uh, do either of you get this all the time? I get this well it's been a little while now since i've gotten it last and i'm and i'm gonna get jinxed because it's gonna totally happen but i get text messages sometimes up to like three four five times a day of people requesting to change my password do you get do either of you get this oh no no yeah so it happens and then i'll get emails too saying the same thing like oh your password was requested to to be changed and i'll get the, the text messages i get the emails and i'm just like who was trying to hack my Facebook oh, see, account? Like, no, no one cares about mine. I'm just yes. not cool I'm enough. Not, I'm not, not cool smart enough. enough. I'm not influential <laughs> enough. Like, sorry, not good enough over here. It's all those live streams, Joe. You're drawing. Uh, no, but this has been going on for like a year. Potential. This oh, has been going on for like a over over a year, and it just sometimes it'll be a run. Like, so, sometimes like two three times in a day, oh. it'll happen. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, I hope like, I get like every once in a while. Like, oh, every six months, like somebody like typed in the wrong, you know, email address or something to like reset the password, but not like three, four times, sometimes in a day. <laughs> wow. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sam, who's getting your lunch money? Outsource School is getting my lunch money this week. So, I actually interviewed Nathan on my podcast, which uh, my other podcast, Thought Leaders Business Lab Live today. And they are, they do education around how to hire a a virtual assistant, how they've got all the playbooks to help uh, like a virtual assistant get you on podcasts and look after your email management, look after your calendar. And I think, I actually think this is sort of great for your clients too, Jen, because there's so many people that hire VAs and then kind of don't get it right. And they say things like, no, it, it doesn't work. Hiring a virtual assistant doesn't work. And Nathan and Connor have put this amazing program together called Cracking the VA Code. I'm actually in their community and the playbooks they've got of what you can get a virtual assistant to do and how to train them to do it. I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you. That um, and that they have a, so it's Cracking the VA Code and then they've got a, a software to build SOPs. Um, playbooks, all these really cool things. They're adding to it every couple of weeks. But they're doing a July 4th sale at the moment. And I know if you do, if you go to that, I'll drop a link in there because they've actually given me a 25% off coupon code. So if you go to samanthariley.global forward slash outsource and use the coupon code lab, you will get that at 25% off. It's. I can highly recommend it. It's so awesome. Yeah, talk about stealing ideas. When you shared this, I was like, "Oh my god, why haven't I thought about this?" I mean, we we have resources that we give clients because you're right. It is hard for people to work with a virtual team and to delegate 
and to do it correctly the first time. It's 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 a learning process for, mm-hmm. for for business owners, and there's a lot that we have to sort of like handhold and help them mm-hmm. through in order for them to get the most out of their virtual assistants. So when I saw that somebody just created this whole course around, I was like, well, of course, there's like so much to know. Like, why didn't I think about this? So I might be, might be beating up up our our resources uh, around this. I'm I'm very interested in, I'm admiring this right now. Yeah, it's, I can highly recommend it. It's laid out just very step-by-step. They even do screen shares of them interviewing their their virtual assistants to help you understand like what you're looking for what you know what you don't do what you do do very good so yeah. outsource school has taken my lunch money i i love it nathan's a great guy i talked to him like three weeks ago two three mm. two three weeks ago we had a good conversation on the phone for a while outsourcing is a great word outsourcing and delegating Oh, delegation. I mean, seriously, how sexy is that word? So sexy. (laughs) Delegation. Delegate your way to success. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Jen, I can't wait to see what you produce for us next week. Oh, it is my show next week. It is your your show. Buckle your seatbelts. I've got a feeling we're going to be really, really entrepreneuring out next week. Who knows what is going to happen? I just want, <laughs> I just want you all to be prepared. I have been given the freedom to format my, or at least plug in the components of the format for my episode. And I am going to take full advantage of this freedom, this opportunity. Love it. Love it. I I love it. I can't wait. I can't wait. And if you can't wait, uh, and if you've enjoyed this episode of the Business Geeks podcast, share it with the Business Geek in your life. Send us your questions and suggestions to questions at businessgeekspodcast.com. Catch us next Monday, 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time and Tuesday, 7 a.m. Australian Eastern Time here at facebook.com slash businessgeekspodcast. It's been a lot of fun. I'm enjoying the new format. So thank you very much for Jen and Sam for pushing and, you know, to this new format and this new time. So ding, ding for that. Cause yeah. I'm enjoying this new time. I know I'm trying to get myself free of the eight o'clock stranglehold that it's had on me for the last several years now, <laughs> you know, moving everything out of the eight o'clock slot and into the eight to five kind of slot, mostly nine to three slot, just so that I can ha- reclaim my nights, get creative mm-hmm. again, get back to DJing, get back to playing some video games, getting back to spending mm-hmm. time with the family and not rushing around to do it. So thank you so much to both of you for helping enable this change. Well, yeah, you're thank very you. welcome. Right. I didn't realize there was so much change going on. I love it. it. I like it the new is. time as well. Oh, I good, 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 good. Do, uh, Sam, are you enjoying getting up early? Are you waking up early? Uh, yeah, it's a 5.30 a.m. wake up. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> I, I'm trying to get back to that because this morning I woke up at like 8.30 in the morning and I'm like, oh, I cannot do keep doing that's this. late. No, uh, no. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I've, yeah. 
that's so. really late for me. That is late. Yeah, I, I know. Really it's because we stay up. We're staying up too late. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I need to get to bed earlier so I can go running and get my things on and get my everything together through the day and then have my nights free to do creative things. So I'm looking forward Yay. to the five o'clock hour doing the show. I'm going to go eat dinner. Everybody have a great week. I look forward to seeing everybody 5 p.m. Eastern next Monday or Tuesday at 7 a.m. Australian Eastern time. Take care. Bye. Should put some, should I, put some music, I should put some music on there as we yeah. rock out to the out here, right? <laughs>